Hi, welcome back to another edition of the Disrespectfully Unruly Podcast with your boy, Just Call Him Just, and me, your boy, A.B. So, um, this week has been, last last Friday was like a, a whole move-shaking, earth-shattering trade with uh, James Harden coming to Brooklyn. Um, So, what do you think about the first two games so far? Uh, So, it's... Obviously, it's been good. They're 2-0. Uh, I think right now they're averaging like 115 points a game. And, you know, the last night's game or, uh, when they played the Bucks, when they played the Bucks, that was probably their most impressive game so far. Again, it's been two games. So, you know, they have a, lot, they have a long way to go. Obviously, I think it would be, it's gonna be easier to evaluate this team more like when they, like, um, weirdly enough lose and say like what exactly is their, their point of weaknesses. Um just the game itself. Uh I it's they can play a lineup in where in which Joe Harris will be open half the time. So if even when Kyrie's on the floor, so they had a lineup last night where it was I think it was Bryce Brown um, Harris, Green, uh, KD, and and um, Harden. I think they closed the game with that lineup. Um, they they were able to get zero penetration consistently and get Joe Harris a bunch of three, especially in that fourth quarter. So the thing about the Bucks defense is the Bucks play like a drop coverage defense. And so what they do is they allow a lot of three-point shots um, – but they don't pretty much give up anything at the rim. So when you get to the rim, it's Giannis, it's um, Brooke Lopez. Like you're not really getting a lot of shots at the rim, but they will give up a lot of open threes and a lot of corner threes. So that's what I think Brooklyn's advantage was last night. And the fact that they, the Bucks always put Giannis in a situation where he's always covering the guy closest to the paint. So it's not necessarily he's not guarding, you know, KD or, or Jimmy Butler, but you see a lot of times he'll guard LeBron. And the reason why that is because LeBron is playing a lot of times in the post area where he's, like, making his offensive threats or the high post. He's close to the paint, whereas KD is kind of – he's kind of roaming around. I think – Don't you feel like that 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 type of – that defensive um, mindset, that strategy kind of doesn't work so – Work. I mean, like, doesn't, Toronto, doesn't, doesn't Giannis need to guard whoever's hot at the moment? I think I think that is so. All right, so I answer both things. That's not so a fair. Toronto, so Toronto won the title two years ago, mm-hmm. and they played the same type of defense where they gave up. I think the second most made threes in the league, and they won the title. Now you can argue about the injuries. I mean, they they, they, they at least made the title. Um. So that's one thing. So I think. I think yes, you can, you can win the title by playing this defense. It's not about not winning the title. I'm talking about for them, the Bucks specifically. Like, do you think that yo, that's like a, a sound strategy? I mean, it hasn't. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is like you have to think like they've had the number one. They've had the best record in the league two years in a row. Two years in a row. Defense. So like, yeah, it's, it it works for them. But but I'm trying to answer your questions. Like, they're obviously trying to win the title, and for me. It's going to be a thing if if they don't have Giannis guard um, 
if Giannis doesn't guard um, KD. And the, the biggest problem is because, like, all right, so when Kyrie comes back, they're going to be small. And their three best perimeter players can def- – defenders can match up with the three Brooklyn players because you can put Drew on Kyrie, you can put Milton on Harden, and you could put Giannis on um, on Durant. Maybe. Those three guys – yeah, those three guys are can make – first or second team all defense this year. And I was really impressed by Middleton's shot making towards the end of the game. The problem for them is, and I wonder how this is going to be like when you're, when you're on offense is Brooklyn is going to get a good look every time on offense, every time, like someone's going to be open. Someone's going to get a shot that they can make. How much pressure does that put on you when you know you're getting open shots? So what I mean, like, is Brooklyn, again, last night, terrible from the rebounding, terrible guarding the three. Everyone had open shots, like, significant open shots, even, like, loose balls. Like, the Bucks I thought, was, was getting more was getting um, more of those than, than, than the Nets. And that's what really kind of kept them into the game. The issue is, is going to be like can they make enough open shots and drew holiday for as as good as he is i still think he gets a little bit overrated in terms of his overall game i think middleton like i said had a really nice game and i thought in the playoffs in the bubble he really kind of showed out like the type of shooter he is what did you think about um chris middleton taking the last five shots in the last uh two to three minutes of the game well, he made all of them, I think, except for the last one. He he was he was going back and forth with KD and Harden the whole game. And the last – I don't like when it's like the fadeaway three in the corner. There was two guys on him. Like, I just didn't like that out-of-bounds call. Um, I think that the Bucks and also the Bucks can't play it where they're giving up 125 to the Nets. Now, I don't know. Maybe this Nets team's base – is going to be 125 because the Bucks have, like I said, they have three all-league defenders, and I think Brook Lopez was like third in the league in block shots last season. So they have defenders, like real legitimate defenders. So I don't know if like that's the least amount of points you're going to hold this team to like in the postseason, and then they'll play a team like Atlanta and drop 150 on them. They almost dropped 150 on them last time they played. Yeah, that's what like, I came to. I came hard watching the game so. last night. Watching the game last night, came to the realization in order to beat Brooklyn, you got to drop a buck 30. You have to. You have to drop a buck 30. Like the last two games, like they've reached close to, I think, like 120. But um, another takeaway I wanted to, to uh, take, I wanted to say about this game was um, last night, if you, did you watch the game last night? Of course. Yeah, right? I watched the whole thing. Did you notice Giannis, did you notice Giannis actually being dominant? As in Giannis taking it to the rack, taking his defender to the rack, because I didn't see, I didn't so, see that against yeah, DJ. So, they, so they DJ, had, DJ had him like DJ was. Um, <laughs> DJ gave him at least five for the space. <laughs> yeah, and they, waited they, for him DJ and actually waited for him to make his first space. step. DJ was essentially under the rim. Like there was yeah. a there was a point yeah. where like Giannis is at the free throw line, yeah. and DJ was under the rim. And yeah. I think, I think. Um, Giannis, I think one, I think he, I remember he made one little kind of floater over him just because like he was too far underneath the basket. Like, like he couldn't 
he I don't think he scored. Back, I don't think I don't think he scored that much out um with 14 feet and 14 feet out. No, no, no. So yeah, so Giannis 14 feet out. I don't think he made a lot of threes, a lot of threes for him. He made a, how many threes did he make? He made like what two? No, he made three threes. Which for him is a lot. Like mm, I'm all right, for, all right, all right. I that. Like he doesn't shoot, so like making three threes is a lot for him. So you have to think because they he gave it to him the whole time. It was beating him into shooting the whole time. He's like, yeah, but I'm saying like you're going to score by shooting. But what, but what I'm saying is like you, you for 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 um, Giannis, what's going to have to happen is if they're going to put him at the five essentially and have DJ guard um, Giannis. He's got to take it to his head every single time, or you got to put DJ in certain pick and rolls in which he's going to have to make a decision because you, you can't just have it. Giannis at the top of the key DJs at, well, they did, they did actually put him. They did actually put him. They put him in a precarious uh, position when um, Giannis was set to pick for Middleton. DJ will stay right under thinking that if Giannis was to grab the ball, yeah, but no, I'm gonna stay, stay under. But, but no, the problem uh, is, and Middleton about, and burnt them a couple of times, but then no, they went but, away from it. What I'm saying they, is they, they not Giannis. That, uh, I'm saying Giannis as the role at not Giannis as a screener role. I'm talking about Giannis as the ball handler. Because if you have Giannis as a screener, that still doesn't necessarily do anything because you still have you'll even if you get the switch, the only switch you have is you only can really do that is if Kyrie's in the game. Because Brooklyn will switch a lot of those screens, and I think come playoff time they will start hunting because they were the Brooklyn was hunting DiVincenzo. That's what they were doing. They were they were they were switching off uh, Drew Holiday because Drew Holiday was on Harden. They kept screen rolling for DiVincenzo, and then they kept attacking him. And they and they couldn't take DiVincenzo off the court because he's like one of their better three point shooters. But you got to think the Bucks are going to do that to Kyrie when Kyrie comes back. Because they're putting Kyrie in a pick and roll with with Drew Holiday. Because I don't know who else, unless you're going to put hot Kyrie on either the Countons or the the uh, DiVincenzos, but those guys can still handle the ball and pass. So while those guys aren't necessarily like uh, as dynamic offensive players, Ky- Kyrie's going to have to like really get in their chest and defend and not just switch. Because once if they if they force a switch. It's a dunk or a foul, <clears throat> or a foul, because because you're not Kyrie's not gonna stop Giannis from getting to the rim. It's a lob. It's a dunk. Giannis didn't body didn't body Jeff Green and uh, DJ like mm, I, like he normally did in that Giannis game. Giannis got a lot of dunks. Yeah, he got a lot of putback dunks, a lot of re, yeah, uh, yeah, rebound. Lot, there was one play where he just literally just ran up the court, and I don't know what DJ was yeah, doing. fast break. No, no, it wasn't a fast, it really wasn't a fast break. It was he took the ball inbounds and kicked it to, I think it was Drew Holiday. He just ran. Now, when I say run, like he's jogging up the court. But DJ wasn't even in the picture. and he literally but That's what I'm saying. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like when DJ was actually guarding him, you didn't see Giannis body through DJ I, like he normally does. I think come playoff time, I think the thing with with Giannis is it's when people build that wall and it's two, three guys around him, and then they're gonna like the smaller guys are gonna try to steal the ball from him because he's so big and he dribbles so high. And he's not gonna I develop. He's not gonna develop that jump shot to be that accurate in time in no, time of playoffs. So I really I don't, don't think, have. I have the Bucks not even getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. This is exactly why. There is if, this is exactly why I don't have the most. Well, so here's what I'm saying. If I don't have 
it depends on how this how this thing breaks. But I don't mm-hmm. have I course, barring you. barring COVID protocols, barring injury. No, I no, no, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is barring the Bucks play the Sixers before the conference finals. I still have the Nets losing to either the Sixers or the Bucks. And another thing, I'm even double downing on this. If they play uh, Indiana, now I know Tucker broke his hand today, but that's a team they don't want to play. I'm not saying they're going to beat them, but that's going a hard six because that's they don't have to, be to guard to guard the bonus. Is the bonus averaging like 25 and 12? And that's the main reason I don't have this team going in because those three guys are going to dominate in the paint and they don't have anyone that's going to guard them. So, I mean, KD yeah. was putting on pretty good. I mean, KD actually put the clamps on Giannis a couple of times. They called the jump ball. Dog. I think they called yeah, the blocking like, card. There are going to be plays where, mm-hmm. where you are not going to do your best. But in the, in the totality of a game and the impact in a game, mm-hmm. they're not keeping Giannis on the line. Or the or the rim, they're not keeping the bonus from the rim or the line. They're not keeping Embiid or Simmons from the line or the free mm-hmm. throw. Now, you might tell me like Giannis isn't a good free throw shooter, Simmons isn't a good free throw shooter. I'll give you that. But is Embiid even going to be there? I, I'm like so so far he's played in every game except for two. Is Embiid going to be his every body going to hold up by the every, time he's played in every game except for two that the Sixers have been it allowed is. to play in. Ones that weren't postponed. Is Tobias Harris going to be Tobias Harris, or he is he going to be stand a standard by? Like, what is he going to do? I don't even so, need Tobias Harris to really do that much. I don't now, really need. I don't really need to think about. Three. I don't really with Brooklyn. I don't really need to think. Like, this shit is like as plain as day. Like every right. like the, oh, yeah, like the first thing. Can I can I finish? Go ahead. Okay. Uh. Like I like I said, Brooklyn to me, like you have two like former MVP caliber players on one squad. Like it's a no-brainer. Everybody at, at first when this first when this trade first went down, everybody was like, Oh, how's Harden gonna play? He's so selfish. The man's averaging a damn near triple double for the first two games. He looks happy, he looks reinvigorated. Like that's a dangerous um situation for for any team to, to come and want to play it, play yeah, against. he's like, happy because he's, he's doing everything he did in in Houston. Now, of course, he's like, but when Ke- Ke- like, he's, he's getting people incorporated into the game now, it's not even like it's not even like he's like doing that one four flat where he got the ball at the top of the key, he's gonna dribble, take a step. No, he's like he's getting people involved before he like he's he like he's picking his spots, bro. Yeah, last he's night, doing he saw, the same thing he did, he did saw, in um. You saw Drew Holiday was in his jersey, but it was like more or less like I'm gonna I'm gonna let Drew get as much a position as he can. And I'm gonna tire him out because when the fourth quarter comes, that's what I'm gonna take over. Like he was really picking the spots. Um, Devin Chums was forcing him right. He'll dribble, fake left, come back right, do a step back three into the. Like, it, it was it was okay. Hard, again, man. Well, all, again, all the thing is like the things that like everyone who likes playing two Ks are overrating. Uh, or actually, mm-hmm. take it back. Or, yeah, they're overrating our mm-hmm. my 2K fantasy where they think mm-hmm. I can put four guys or three guys who are, you know, uh, three two guys who are league MVPs, multiple time all star all star scoring scoring champs, and they're underrating defensive rebounding. 
Like that, those things are important. You need to get stops. And and they got stops yesterday. Not really. They, they got, got stops got, last the, night. The, the Bucks when they needed to. It's all about getting when you need to. And not even when you got, got stops. The when Bucks scored hundred and like every game they played, the team that they have faced with Harden and with KD has scored at least one hundred fifteen points. That's okay. if that's for the season. That's the that's like the fifth worst defense in the league. That's for okay. the. If you if you giving up 117 a game right now, the the Wizards have the worst defense in the league. They're giving up 120. So it's like, again, when it comes time to the playoffs and like these things matter, and you're gonna see teams do different things. Those rebounding stuff like that, I, you can say they gotta stop. To me, getting just, a stop isn't. I let uh, Chris Middleton shoot an open three point shot and he missed. That's not getting a stop. That's getting lucky. No, that's letting Giannis shoot. His heart. That's not what I said. I said letting Chris. No, that's what I'm saying. Shoot. Okay. That's not. That's not. That's not a stop. If I said giving Chris Middleton a 50, 40, 90 shooter, and he's Mm -hmm. open from three, and he Mm -hmm. misses, that's not a stop. You didn't. The defense was not designed to do that. But a block. You just missed. But a block. A shot clock violation. Turnover. The only thing that happened was. And again, that didn't mess them up. They let Chris uh, Giannis shoot from three, and he made his three. Wait, wait. So wait, you keep talking about this two K crowd. So are you willing to 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 omit that the Brooklyn Nets have three of the at least top fifteen players in the league? What we are you, you never asked me that. I'm asking right now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course, they're gonna wake up because you keep saying uh, 2K microwave crowd and they overrated. This is the team you do in my 2K, 2K world, and this man a third to try to. Uh, I don't think this team the argument works. that they're not gonna make it to the finals, but I'm saying like, well, damn, like, like all right, talent, I'm put, talent I'm always rises to the top, bro. Joker and Bead and and Sabonis on the team together. Like, I don't have top like three top 25 players, like. Yeah, that team doesn't work. Like, your team has to fit. So, like, yes, like, I don't think this team fits because, like, Kyrie they don't play defense to be the man, and now he's going to go hit. Now he's going to go being the third guy. That's not that's not going to fly, okay? Why, why, why? Why not? I just want to know. I just want to know. He, all right, so I'm getting straight. He left LeBron because mm-hmm. he didn't want to be the number two. He then goes to Boston and wants to be the number one. And then realize he's not the number one. This team's really, and the fans are really gravitating to Tatum. He then mm. leaves and wants to be co-stars with Kyrie, with with KD, and now he's going to be the third best player on his team. Which yeah, do you think that he never as a basketball player knows that this life been the third best player on a team? But do you and think that a great? Like, do you think that as a great player, he's not able to realize when this is like his last shot? No. What are you talking? What are we talking about? We, this, I'm we, asking you a question. Here. I can only use past experience to judge future performance. In his past, mm. these things are indisputable. Yeah, I like that. I he like left. That. He left LeBron because he wants to be the man. That is so, exactly something he said. He, in Ray he Allen's past, he was the man on his way. becoming the. You don't guy. have to regurgitate what you just said. Play with. You don't have to regurgitate what you just said. Huh? You don't have to regurgitate. You don't have to regurgitate what you just said. But what I want to know is, since you said that you can only use past to to critique the future, okay? So wasn't Ray Allen a man on his on his on his team? On um, wasn't Ray Ad, Ray Allen a man on 
Seattle Supersonics before sure. he went to Boston? Sure, sacrifice- he- wait, wait, wait. All right. I'm about to Paul Pierce the man? Wasn't KG so the man? The you don't have to sacrifice, correct? Do you want me to answer? Isn't Chris Posh a, a, a franchise superstar? Well, am I going to answer the questions or not? You're just going to throw them out there. Like, right. Yes, obviously those guys in those situations sacrifice a lot, but those are significantly different things. As in A, Ray Allen was, I think, 31 or 20. He was in his 30s when he got to Boston, and it was very much understood like what his role on the team was going to be. But another thing too is like Ray Allen is very much in a Clay Thompson mold where like I can just run around these screens, get my shot off, and get my buckets. Kate Kyrie does not play like Ray Allen. He doesn't. That's not his game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like Ray Allen had the bag of I can dribble, get to the rim, da-da-da. But he can also move around. Kyrie doesn't play like that. Chris Bosch, it was to get rebounds, block shots, play defense. He actually and switched to, up oh, no, his I'm game. answering the question. He, I just, I just want you to correct. I just want to correct him. Ray Allen actually switched up his game, but go ahead. That's what I just said. I literally just said he moved around. That's part of his bag, but he didn't mm-hmm. dribble the ball enough, and he wasn't taking the ball to the rim. He was just a, 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 primarily a three-point shooter when he was in Boston. No, I'm just saying that. I'm just pointing out there, like, a great player, Ray Allen, switched his game yeah, up. But you do understand that, like, that type of version of his game, Kyrie mm-hmm. doesn't have that version of his game in him at all. He's never shown that. He's never been a guy to run around, go off back screens, cut. Like, he doesn't do that. His game is I get the ball, I dribble, mm-hmm. and I make decisions. So, again, and so same thing with Kevin Love. Kevin Love was a guy, got the ball at the low post, did his moves, da-da-da, got to the rim. Then he made decisions. Pacer, essentially, where he was like, he was out in the corner shooting corner threes, or he would take mid-range jumpers. That was his bag. Kyrie doesn't have any of those things in his bag. When I say in his bag, I mean like that's not his type of game. He doesn't so do He's not capable, so he's incapable of evolving his game is what you're trying to say. I'm saying your game is your game after 11 years in the NBA. I mean, yes. people switch so their game. When like, your game is your game, Allen, 11 years into the thing. I Ray Allen was the, that, no, no, I already the ball, that. I said Ray Allen had that in his bag previous to him going to Boston. Kyrie's never displayed that. Kyrie's mm-hmm. ability to have the ball dribble, mm-hmm. make decisions, and get to the rim is what he is. That so is him. He's saying he, so for him, he's if you're going to tell me dominant. it's going so he's to kick. run off screen, mm-hmm. stand in the corner, mm-hmm. like do dribble so handoff. He's incapable. Him. So Kyrie's incapable of playing with someone else that's ball dominant, another ball dominant. He's not player. playing with two other ball dominant players. Yes. Kyrie is uh, KD. He's never played with two ball dominant players. KD is more efficient without the ball, to, in my Wait, opinion. He still like, can be ball dominant. You're asking me, has he played with high – you know what? Take away ball dominant. Say high usage. He's never played with two damn near 30 um, but he was high able, usage players. He was, he was able to play with one and win a championship, though. Huh? Right? He's able to play with LeBron and win a championship. That's fine. That's not my point. <laughs> I said he's not playing. But it negates your point, though. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, Okay, saying that he's I never understand been able that. to play but with another ball dominant player. He's never played with two guys 
who have been 30% usage players. Mm. And he has to be the guy to drop his usage. He's never but been a he, player on his team. Never. He he was he's a second player, player, cool player on his team. He's just not. Okay. Like this, I, I don't know what else we're going to say. Like this team's not making the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll Do you want to put your money? If I love that you're saying that. I love that you're willing to, to, to do this. I'm just telling you what I think it is. I I love that you're willing to uh, put ten toes down on it. I just want I to am put putting ten toes down. Your I'm not mouth. I didn't. That's what I said. I, I just want you to put your money where your mouth I'm is. Sorry. That's what I, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I'm doubling down, dog. I said they. I said if they face the Pacers, it's going to be a hard six. Oh, it wouldn't. <laughs> okay. No, fine. it wouldn't. That's. Okay, like I said, but um, you got them the final. I got them losing it in the second round. So, all right. So, takeaways of the season. What are you more? Who do you? Who do you more impressed with at this um this current stage of the uh, NBA season? Are you impressed with uh the Lakers or being able to um essentially be like the best team in basketball? Or are you something else that you're uh, that's catching your eye right now? No, I think well. So I so when we did this question, I kind of did it as like a, a person, but mm-hmm. uh, so go ahead. I want to question though about the team. Like I was not surprised. I still think the Lakers are going to win the title, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think their hardest competition. I would want to say the Clippers, but it's like. I don't know who's no, I don't know who's guarding AD, and I just think this like, season this season is going to be a uh, a blood it's going to be a blood a bloodbath in the um what's yeah I don't think I don't think um yeah I just think the Lakers going to win the whole thing fairly easily um but yeah so in terms of players um guys who I've been really impressed by um I think a lot of guys have like been like statistically impressed with like um like Luca. And I think Bradley Beal's leading the league in scoring. I think he has the has a chance to have the second most points per game season in the league, passing Kobe at 35. I think he's at 34.8 right now. Obviously, Wilt has the title that no uh, yes, this brings us that brings that reminds me of uh so do you think Bradley Beal is gonna be uh is he a shoe is he a shoe for all-star this season? Uh, I'll answer that. So let's, I'll answer that on the app this. Um, so the person that I think has been outstanding, and I've only watched – I've watched a handful of his games, and he missed a decent amount because of injury. John Morant is coming. Like, the fact that that team is 7-6, and six, and, like, I understand he missed a decent amount of games because he had an ankle injury, and Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't even played. The fact that that team is seven and six, and like they could still make the playoffs in the West is ink. It's it it is unbelievable. Like right now, if the if the season keeps going the way it does, and he gets his Memphis team to the playoffs, that guy is going to make my one of my all all NBA teams. I don't know which one. I don't think it'll be. I'm leaning towards third, but. There's a case for second, especially if, you know, CJ McCollum's about to miss a month now because he broke his foot. Um, and I know it's so early, but that guy, I don't know if – did you watch their game against the Suns? 
Yeah, I yeah. Did. That guy is like, he can get into the paint. He's so fast and so quick. It is ridiculous. Like, he can get into the paint at will. His ability to like stop and start. I don't know how they put dudes in front of him and like keep guys in front of him. He's lightning fast. And the fact that, again, like Memphis, you look at their team and it's like, it's a kind of a very janky team. It's very young. I think their their vet their vets are like um, oh what's my guy's name now? I just completely forgot his name now. Um, but I like I like their draft and their young players like uh, um, Desmond Bain. I really liked. I was gonna say Valachunas was their vet, but that wasn't the vet that I was thinking about. Oh, um, Justin Anderson. That Kyle I like I like the way Grayson Allen is playing, man. Grayson, Grayson Allen playing Allen good, player, man. and everyone thought he was a tough player, man. But here's the thing: he's going to play in certain cities, man. First career, I bet you he played in Utah. I bet you he's going to play in Memphis. He's going to play in Indiana at some point. Yeah, because he's probably MAGA. Huh? Yeah, he's probably in, yeah, he's probably MAGA. Yeah, um, I don't even know if he's MAGA. He just white. So white those cities, that's their fans. So like uh, one player that I wanted to give a Indiana, special shout out to. Those are the city he gonna play for at some point. I, I guarantee before he retires, he playing for those two teams. One of those two teams. Um, One player that I really, I really, really want to give a special shout out to is Julius Randle. Man, I did not see Julius Randle. I did not see this from Julius Randle coming like at all. Like I knew uh, it was going to be a different type of season. We were going to play different type of uh, brand of defense. But my goodness, Julius Randle, he's like last. Last season, it was damn sure. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a surefire bet that if he was to get double teamed on low post, he was going to turn the ball over. Yeah. This season, he is making so many great decisions with the basketball. It's just like, oh my gosh. And I know earlier on when you were trying to compare him to LeBron, I kind of shitted on him. I still don't. That's not what I'm saying. Be, I still don't want him to ever. Be in the same sense as LeBron, That's but I really Julius Randle. Julius Randle should be all in. So I have a question, real quick. Can I compare him? To, so would you, would you, would you compare him to Nikola Jokic? Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So a guy who also might, who's like probably gonna be a top five MVP value, but whatever. So the only guys in the league who's averaging twenty three, ten, and five are Nikola Jokic and Julius Randle. So only two guys in the league doing that. So like yeah. to piggyback off what you said, obviously like as someone who follows the team, it's like I was very much on the trade Randle, get him out of here. He's terrible. Um get whatever you can from him. They already draft Obi. Um you know, not to cut you off, but like I just see like a different. I see more more dog in him. Yeah, because it's Tibbs. Like, that's the correct. Like well, I see more, I, more than him. A lot of people say it's just Tibbs. I don't think. It's yeah, just because Tibbs. at the same I think time, a lot of this too is it's him. up until yesterday he was leading the league in minutes played. So yeah, he's second now. But um, yeah. a lot of this is him. Like he got himself into great shape. He wasn't in great shape yeah. last season. He he looks a lot better. Um, that's number one. Number two is I think he's trusting his teammates a lot more because, like, he's still doing a lot of stuff. It's funny because, like, he's doing the spins. Like, they played against Boston. They routed them. And there was a play where I was – that was the play. And I know it's been, like, 
12, 13 games. But I was thinking, like, I don't know if they're because they had a five game losing streak. So I was like, are they going to keep buying into this stuff as they, you know, they were on this long losing streak? And there was a play in the thing was the third quarter where Julius got by his man. He did a spin, and there were three guys in the paint right then. And last season, he would have elbowed some dude in the neck, lost the ball, and then it would have been Boston the other way. He did it. He kicked it to RJ for an open three. Now, make or miss that. RJ, the- RJ needs to stop. RJ, RJ make or, uh, needs to cut down. Make or miss. That was the. That's the right play. Yeah. And you can't. I can live with a guy who's just making the right play. It's like that guy's open. I understand he's not a great three point shooter, but that's the play. I do not have a shot at the rim. I have to pass it. Okay. And you can argue that's the way that the Celtics wanted it to be played, but RJ ended up making the shot. Now, it's it comes down to, like, trusting your teammates. And I can live with a guy who's doing all this stuff, and, like, there hasn't been – his worst game was the game um, on Martin Luther King Day, and he had, like, finished, with, I think, with 23 and 17. And that was his worst game of the year. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. I don't know – like if he's in between all NBA All Star, like that's really hard to, to get to the those all NBA. I got him on third team. I think I think Bam's spot is definitely up for grabs because he made third team All NBA last year. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see if he can keep the Knicks like around. Like I said, winning is the biggest thing about this thing. So if they make the playoffs, like seventh, sixth seed, I think. I think he'll have a real chance to make All NBA. Now, what I, what I see with this team is like a lot of a lot of wins. Someone some can't argue about uh, it being COVID protocol protocol games, but a win is a win right now. And the Knicks are really really doing good. I'm really really happy with the team. I'm really really happy with the direction. I just but ask me about your deal thing, huh? That's what we got to fight about this last year. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me uh, let me uh finish finish this Knicks bandwagon um yeah man I just I just I just wish RJ would like you know I know he's still young but like damn dog you don't have to shoot that many threes <laughs> like like no, he don't shoot yeah so I mean, much like, threes and it's just like oh I was looking God, at it man. I was looking at it yesterday he's at I think he's at 4.6 for the season threes no, no, I'm not. It's three no, points. It's higher than that. It has to be but higher than under, that. But he's under uh he's under one made per game. I think he's at 0. 0.9. Um, which last season I think he was at 1.1 1. 1, uh on third on 3.2 attempts. Uh I agree with you though. I think his three for whatever it is, what I think happened is he started off really hot and then he went through a horrendous stretch. I think he was 0 for 20, he's 0 for 21 at one point. It was literally a stretch where I think he played. We played. They played. They no, played. he started off bad. He only had like one game of like. Yeah, he made the first game he played he, against he the Pacers three for three. Then he went zero for twenty-one. Then he played the Pacers again. And I think he was four for five. So they literally had a stat where he against just the Pacers was seven of eight, or six of yeah, six of seven or seven of eight, and against everyone else who's zero for twenty-one. It's like you, those those craters is what he needs to avoid. It's not that I'm saying like he'll ever be like a, an elite three point shooter. I think best case scenario he's like a, a little bit below average, which is about 34, 33 percent. 
but it's the craters that you can't have. You can't have a 0 for 21 stretch in the, you're just not going to win games. Like you have to at least force, like even someone like Jimmy Butler, who's not a great three point shooter. You're not playing a zone against Miami when he's on the court, you know, like, if you leave him open, there's a not, so basically what you're saying is he has to be respectful. Respectful. Yeah, he has to be respectful. You don't have to be Clay or Stafford on those guys. Yeah, you don't, right now, he, I don't know what the hell he. I think he. I think he think he's Joe Harris or Clay Thomas or some shit. Like he'll he'll spot up for a three in a heartbeat. But um, yeah, man. Another person I wanted to give major props to was um Lamelo Ball. Hey, I know, know the NBA media could be. A nasty, uh, a nasty place, man. And before that, people were talking about they wouldn't even have him in the top three. He'll go eight. He'll be out the top ten. He'll be he was like not a lottery pick. He, he wasn't a lottery pick. And this man has, le- I mean, he, I believe he leads all rookies in points, assists, rebounds. It's totals. Totals. It's all total right. points, total rebounds, total assists. That's probably Halliburton is leading everybody in uh, in points. Uh, oh, Edwards. I don't know. We could look it up, but I just wanted to give him a special shout out. Like he's the real deal. He is the point guard, point guard, point god of the future going forward in the NBA. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I've, I've definitely, um, like, I, I definitely was, was very much like not, like I said, not a fan. Um, I was not a fan of trading up for him, which a lot of Knicks fans were after the draft came out because the draft lottery rather, just because like I, well, I did see the skill sets of him being able to rebound and pass. I was very much still concerned about the jump shot. Like his jump shot, I still don't think is good. Um, but I do think he definitely has a lot more of an ability to get into the paint and that was something I didn't see. I was watching a few of his preseason games. He wasn't able to really get into the paint. Now he's really able to get into the paint. Now his team, underrated. I think Charlotte is – is. if you ask me right now which team I believe is going to make the playoffs, the Knicks or the Charlotte, I would pick Charlotte. Have, <laughs> I'm being dead serious. They have yeah, a I, want, I want to know why. Go ahead. I want to – look, I'm not, I'm not sweating paying Gordon Hayward essentially $34 million per season to play for me. But that guy, I mean, the guy's probably going to make the all-star team. They can still trade Terry Rozier or Devontae Graham for something. Um, those two, the, the guys who I always mix up, Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington, because they look alike, um, those guys play really well together. And it's like, I don't think they, – they, so like, they don't have a really good bench, I don't think. But, like, in terms of frontline talent, just LaMelo plus those five guys. I know Devontae hasn't really been playing that well this year yet. But to me, that's a team that could easily be the nine seed in a playing tournament. Like, I I, I really like their team. Um, like, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the trade deadline. And, like, I think – What's scary, what's annoying about this season is that, like, no one has – has. we're seeing some separation, but it's not enough. And the thing about it is the fact that we now have these two playing tournaments, you're going to see a lot more teams, like, kind of hover around this space of being, like, maybe playoff teams. And, like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like 
what value does it does it does it matter for certain teams to make the playoffs? I think for Charlotte, it'd be a big deal for them to make the playoffs because, or even the play-in, because they just spent all the money in Gordon Hayward. Um, they're not necessarily getting and also people. scary Terry. Yeah, like you know they have scary Terry too, and it's like you want to be able to have like your younger players like feel the experience of making the playoffs. So it's like I think because you're trying to build because yeah, it's all about building a winning culture. You have to have a yeah. young players feel that. Well, you know, like a team like the Wizards, I think if they were the 10th seed, it's that doesn't matter. It's like, where are you going? Your team isn't really young. Your two best players are older. Like, you still you have Russ. It's like that team needs to be like a five seed. That team doesn't need to be. I honestly don't know what what the hell what the hell they're doing. Yeah, and look, they're not even gonna make. They're not. They're not making the playoffs. So it's like you you have like you're going to have like a lot of teams in this weird spot where they're going to be between, you know, eight and 12 and probably eight and 12 might only be separated by three games. And then you're going to look around and be like, look, like, do we try to get a team? Like, I don't, I really don't know if some guys like Zach Levine's available. Cause I think the bulls are going to stay between seven and 12 the whole year. And it's like, why are we trading this guy away? But again, what value does making the playoffs do for them? Does it does it matter if they make the 10 seed? I don't know. Like, I don't know for their fans. Is it like a big deal for them to make the playoffs? I know for the Knicks, like the team that was picked to finish last, it would be amazing. The culture, yeah, because everything's about culture. With the Knicks and with the with Charlotte, everything is about culture. Everything's about developing yeah. a winning culture, not necessarily with Chicago. And uh, what's the other team you mentioned again? I said Charlotte. It was it was Char- Chicago and Washington. Like Chicago Washington. and Washington. Like I don't Washington understand what not, they're doing. They're, they're not really going where, and they're already off to it. I think they're three and nine. Like they're the second in the league. Can it just be the bottom line? It's just bottom line with those teams. Like honestly, I mean, but, the um, only other thing you can argue to me, which again, I don't know how much this is going to factor in later, is like when are fans coming back, and. Don't do because you get you get a bonus for having the home games. Yeah. So does it matter if Chicago is the eight seed and they get to play, you know, potentially two home games? No. And get fans? No. I don't. Like I, that I, team I, is I actually not. The act that team is just trying to put on television for right now. They're they're entertainment. Yeah. They're entertainment so, company like, right I, now. There's a lot of I teams think, that are just. There's a lot of teams at NBA that just for just for right now, they're just focusing on the entertainment aspect of yeah, the organization. Not really um, on so it's switching like, gears. Detroit is terrible. The yeah, of course. Switching gears, switching gears. Um, what what do you see is gonna happen with uh Cleveland? Like, I think having those amount of I mean, they have like about what they have four bigs, they have plus they already said they're love, who's out right now. They they have three bigs really. They have Javel, they have Drummond, and they have uh, Allen. Allen. And you don't I consider mean, Kevin Love a big? Depends. Well, I mean, it depends if you're going to play Kevin Love with your five, which don't do that. Um, and they have Larry Nance Jr., who, <laughs> fun fact, is leading the league in steals. But that's not that's not it's just a random stat today. I was just looking it up the other day. Um, I think. It's funny. They have like a gluttony of things that no one wants in that centers. Um, so is someone going to be bought out? If so. Oh, yeah. They're going to they're gonna buy out JaVale. I think they'll buy out. Uh, I guess they can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'll buy out JaVale. I think they'll trade Drummond. 
And I think they'll just go with, um, yeah, I think they'll just go with, with Allen and they'll play Larry Nance, you know, unless someone wants something for Larry Nance. And they'll play Larry Larry Nance as a small ball, small ball five. Okay, switching up sports for a few for the first time on podcasts. All right, so who do you got? Packers or Bucks? <laughs> uh, I have. You're pack. the resident football analyst here, so I'm not really into yeah, football until they make it right. Until they make it all the way right. But go ahead. Um. So yeah. So I have the Packers. I think the line is three, three and a half. Uh, I have the Packers blowing out the Bucks and blowing out the Bucks. Blowing out being like they beat them by ten, at least ten. I don't think. I, I would bet the Packers plus the three and a half is what I'm saying. Um, Listen, man, I'm not a football guy, but you have Bruce Arians. He seems like a pretty good, uh, like a pretty good coach. You have um, Gronk, who has a, a plethora of uh, big game and championship experience. You have Antonio um, Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown, who's I don't know. He hasn't been playing like it this season because of, you know, outside stuff and him coming back from suspension shit like that. But arguably any day of the week could be the, you know, best wide receiver in the league. And then you have, some would say, the GOAT of GOATs, like Tom Brady, man, big game Tom, yeah. who just happens to not – his. The, and again, I'm not a football – I'm going to uh, preface this by saying I'm not a football person, but – it seems to me Tom Brady is like that dude that just doesn't make mistakes on the big stage. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's not gonna do, he's not gonna give you the knockout, mm-hmm. but he's not gonna he's not gonna get set up for the knockout as well. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's not gonna be the hail hit, he's not gonna hey make you to death, and he's not gonna give you space to knock him out at the same at the same time. Yeah. Um, okay, so before I continue, uh Points per game, leaders are rookie Anthony Edwards. Rebounds per game, LaMelo Ball. Assists per game, LaMelo Ball. Um, second in both those – in all those categories, LaMelo Ball second for points. James Wiseman second for rebounds. And Tyrese Halliburton is second in assists. Now, answer your answer your point because we didn't, we didn't answer that point. Yes, I think the Bucks are good. You're in the final four. You have good players. Like, that's – that's without being said. Everyone has good players. No one lucked up to be in the final four. Um, my point is, is like, I feel like the whole season fans have focused on the Packers offense, which has been really good. You can argue they've had the number one offense in the league. They're one of the best offense in the history of the game. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers made first team all pro. So did Devontae Adams. They have another pro bowler. Um, in the back, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league, arguably. Like, he's definitely up there. Um, is this generation's wide receiver? Is there, a, is there a clear cut best wide receiver in the league, or is there like I mean, look, any given people, Sunday? I think it's for me personally, I think the amount of the, the thing about it is like the level of play, and you could argue me because they throw the ball so much more. There's so much more to me. Wide receivers, there are so much more good wide receivers to great wide receivers than any other position in the league. I don't think there are a lot of great running backs. I don't think there are a lot of great quarterbacks. I don't think there are a lot of great safeties. I don't think there are a lot of great corners. There are in a plethora 
of great, great wide receivers. Like OBJ, who you can argue might be the most physically gifted wide receiver, maybe might not even be a top five receiver right now. Might not even be. Like you have Devontae, you have Keenan Allen, who no one talks about. You have Mike Evans. You got um, you have uh, not Jerry Judy. You have um, Justin Jefferson, who is probably going to be make first team all. Are going to make um, be the rookie of the year. He just had the most receiving yards ever by a rookie, and touchdowns and catches. Um, you have Ceedee Lamb, who's also a rookie. You got. Like it's just the 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 depth of that position is stupid. And I didn't even mentioned Julio Jones, um, and like I said, I mentioned Odell already. Uh, my boy from um, from who's also first team All Pro. My boy from the Cardinals. Who? Oh, DeAndre. Yeah, that that's my point. It's like the the depth of the position is so wild. Now you can argue that position more than anything has the most players on the field at one time like most people play three to four wide receiver sets so you have the ability and they throw the ball a lot more so you have the ability to show off your point your athleticism and your gifts but it is it is wild but put that to a side like i said there's there's four good teams in the league uh packers i think are going to blow them out simply because i think team like fans do not realize how good their defense is Jair Alexander is their corner. He had, he gave up the he was the the best corner in single covers this year, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. It's a, like a website that like breaks down all sort of stuff. He's a really good corner. They get a good pass rush just with their four guys. They blitz a decent amount, but it's not like it's not like a lot. And the biggest reason why I have it is because I believe any other quarterback. Who, if I took any of these other quarterbacks that's in the championship game, if I took Mahomes, if he's healthy, if I took Rodgers, if I took Allen, and I took them and I put them in Drew Brees' spot, the Saints win. Because he was awful. Awful. Like, he couldn't, he couldn't throw the ball 10 yards. And this has been a problem for the Saints for years, is the fact that, like, their quarterback has been holding them back consistently like this has been like a known thing in the league so why didn't they keep in um Jameis? Hmm? why didn't they keep in Jameis? yeah well that's the, that's the whole point it's like he's done it's the whole like legacy thing you know it's like it's hard because like he's done so much for the city and it's gonna it, it's it's way too much for you to deal with if you make that move and you win you you're in peril because it's like you can't put drew back in but then everyone's going to ask you and ask him, yo, why aren't you playing Drew? Why aren't you playing Drew? Why aren't you playing Drew? It comes up controversy, and then your team's just trying to focus on a game. It's a lot to deal with. So, like, he's the reason why, like, they lost. Like, Tom Brady, I'm saying he threw three touchdowns. He threw for under 200 yards. He threw for, like, 199. Like, he's – while I still think he has a level of play in him that I think is higher than what I expected him coming into this season – the problem is, is that you are not going up to Green Bay. Like Green, like Aaron Rodgers is not like. If you give him the ball at the fifty, he's getting at least three, and you are not blitzing him, and that's the problem. Their problem is, is that they're the best way that they generate pressure. The Bucks is blitzing Aaron Rodgers. He's the second best quarterback in the league against the blitz. You do not blitz these dudes. In the first, is Patrick Mahomes. No, first was actually Josh Allen, surprisingly enough. Um, 
you do not blitz these dudes is because they seen every type of blitz. There's only so many types of blitzes you can do, right? You're only going to do like a delay, a delay blitz where you like shoot the linebacker out, bring the corner. Like there's only so, like I'm saying, like there's only so many types of defenses. There's only so many types of, uh, of uh, things you can do. And the way football is set up is like, if you can get the ball out, the the way the game is set up is set up for the offense to win. And with a guy like Adams, and they do not have a corner, like he beasted uh, Jalen Ramsey, who's the best corner in the league. And they do not have a corner anywhere near as good as as um, as, um, as my man who I just said. I think the Packers win by a lot. Like I think – if I call a score right now, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to go 20, 35, 23. You think they get to Tom Brady? I think they get to Tom Brady consistently. I think, no, look, I think Tom Brady will get his points. But my my overall point is that that Bucks defense is not stopping Aaron Rodgers. Mm. It's not. Right. I know they did it in the game. And they played already. And that was Aaron Rodgers' worst game of the season was against the Bucks. So what about, so what about uh, Josh Allen? Uh, the Bills versus the Chiefs. Who you got? So, yeah. So this game, you, we don't know right now because like uh, Mahomes is still in cult, not COVID. He's still in a, a concussion protocol. And didn't they say that it was a pinched nerve? No, and a pinched nerve. I, don't, I have a pinched nerve, maybe in his neck. I don't know if they. They said it wasn't really necessarily a concussion, more more than it was a pinched nerve. So I don't know. The last thing that I've seen from Adam Schefter was that he has a. Um, he has a um, – he's in concussion protocol. Now, mm-hmm. look, pinched nerves, as someone who has had a pinched nerve, um, it just depends on the severity of it. You can kind of, like, for lack of a better term, like kind of rub that out in a way. Like, it's going to hurt, but you can you can massage your neck or the area, which I'm assuming is his neck. You can – you can massage that out into a point where like that doesn't become a problem anymore. And like they have things concussions. That's the problem with concussions. It's like, you can't do anything about it. It is your body has to heal. And if his body's not ready by whatever time they play, I think they play at three o'clock on Sunday. If his body's not ready by three o'clock on Sunday, then it's, you know, it's just, not gonna it's like, it's just not, it's not going to happen. So, so do me, the Chiefs even take the field at that point? Yeah, I think they take the field. I think I think Andy Reid is still good enough of a coach that if even if Mahomes doesn't play, I don't think they get blown out. I think it's still a game. So I think Andy Reid's that good of a coach. Um, honestly, hmm. another because another thing is I feel like the Chiefs' defense is very underrated too. And again, these two teams also played already, and they shut down Allen and. For me, I think that the the Bills in their last game, they were very one-dimensional. They only their offense only scored 10 points. The defense got the other seven. Mm. I know it's wild because I'm picking a guy who made the pro who I'm picking against a guy who made a Pro Bowl against a guy who's been a backup his whole life. I think if Chad Hendy plays, I I, I would pick the Chiefs. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's honestly just because I like the Chiefs players especially on their defense. Now, I know – and, again, they were last in the league in running in, in stopping the run, but the, the the Bills don't run the ball. Their best running backs hurt. 
and they're already running back. They don't, as a guy who had him on fantasy, he's not that good. So it's, I would still take the Chiefs a lot closer um, in a low scoring game. I'd probably take the Chiefs like 20 to 17, 20 to, 20 to 14, something like that. All right, so just quickly, let's uh, just kind of get through this. Who who do you have in, uh, in the Super Bowl? Uh, I have Packers Chiefs, and I've had that, yeah, that pretty much all year. No, yeah, yeah. I think I had Packers Chiefs from the beginning, and then they had it from the they had it from the beginning of the playoffs. Um, and I think I'm. We'll take the title. Six and two in the playoffs right now in picking teams. So, yeah. So, yeah, so um, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't, I picked against Cleveland and I picked against the Ravens. Or I picked against the Bills yesterday or last week. Who do you have taking a title, taking a bowl? Um, I don't know. Packers Chiefs is a really good game. Uh, I think the Packers. I I just I really like this team. I think they are the most complete team. There's nothing. There's really nothing that they do poorly, like stopping the run, stopping the pass, pass the ball. Their offense is really good. They're able to keep the ball on the field. And it's the fact that the Chiefs have the worst rush defense and the fact that um, Aaron Jones is the Packers running back. And I know they had another running back hurt, but uh, A.J. Dillon got hurt for them. But the fact that they have – Two running backs and and Jamal Adams and uh, Jamal, yeah, I said it right. Jamal Adams and um, uh, what's oh no, I'm sorry, Jamal Adams, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I got crossed up there. I just think they have a recipe to keep Patrick Mahomes on the field and score a touchdown. So I would I would pick the Packers if those if those two teams meet. I saw I don't it doesn't matter who the Packers play. I think the Packers are winning the title. All right. So following the insurrection that happened uh, January 6th, the D.C. Uh, politicians in D.C. have actually ordered for, I believe, over 20,000 National Guardsmen to be in attendance guarding the uh, Capitol in preparation for Joe Biden's inauguration tomorrow. Uh, what do you see happening tomorrow and going forward with the whole political climate? Do you see uh things being uh very uh high intense going forward like do you see like people still fanning the flames of trumpism <laughs> yeah trumpism won um i don't know if i said this on did i say this on the podcast last time how like uh the um like trump may have lost but his ideologies won if you look at yeah. a lot of like the Senate seats, I mean, not the Senate seats, the housing, because the, the uh, Republicans won some seats in the House. Um, and they 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 won more seats in the in the Senate than Republic than than um, Democrats won, but the Democrats won enough to tie it. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? They no, because that can't be right, because they were the down. Senate- in the Senate, the Republicans lost just enough seats for the Democrats to tie it. That's what. Yes, happened. yes. That's and what in the House, in the, House they lost. the Democrats lost. The Democrats actually lost a surprising number of seats that they were anticipated to lose. To um, yes, so that's what I'm saying. Trump, 
so that's what I'm saying. Trumpism isn't a thing. So I, what I'm afraid of going forward is the kind of like this ideology and this way of thinking. I don't know if someone can do can can do this, but I wonder if this guy becomes like the kingmaker of the Republican Party. Because like let's let's be clear, like this party is his. If you look at any of the polling, people said, I think they said 79% of people would vote for him again after this is after the insurrection, too. Um, now again, I've always had problems with polling because I don't know who's who are these people they're talking to. Um, but to me, it doesn't appear like, especially because like there's an insurrection, it doesn't matter what this guy kind of does, he is he is their guy. And people will spin it however way they want to spin it, but he is their dude. And so long as he is their dude, like they're going to ride for him and they're going to ride for people who he wants. And you can already see it. That's why I think like when, when, when Republic, when people get upset, when it's like, why is someone like Lindsey Graham or someone like um, John Holly, um, uh, Ted Cruz, why, why are they backing this guy? Cause like, they want to keep their job. They want to ciphering off some of that, um, some of the, some of his fan base, basically. You but know it's not even saying? his fan base. Like he runs them. He will get them in office. He runs that. Yeah, that's office. that's what they want. Yeah, they well, want to ciphering off. You're not ciphering off the fan base. fan base. You're just a you're just a groupie. These guys, no. are groupies. so they're easily once they say something or once they do something, like like dog, like Mike Pence is done. He's done. He's never gonna get get no no like I don't like he's from Indiana. His his like I don't know like I understand he's vice president and stuff like that. So like maybe he just wants to retire at this yeah, point. Yeah, he was already gonna be on retirement. You want to? But the thing he, is with them is that right now, all those all those people like mm-hmm. like David Newhouse. I think he's about to retire too. Like. All, all the old old guard, the Republicans are about to leave. But all I think those that, Republicans that voted against um, Trump and for for impeachment, they're done. They're they're not coming back. Like th- because he runs that thing, and so so long as he runs it, I don't see this guy going away. Like I understand tomorrow or whatever. You know, whenever people listen to this, it'll, it'll probably be. You know the, the inauguration will have taken place, but um, it's 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 his guy isn't going away. Like I, I would I argue that he's really, not going away. Like, what I would argue is that they need to. He's going to be tied up into so much litigation for like the next four years. I don't I don't see how he's even going to have time to even really. You, that's why you're not unless he sends out a tweet. He'll he'll send out a tweet or two, but he's going to be in so much uh, litigation. He's, right he's now, the, dude, the, the secretary, the, the the attorney general of New York, wants him for tax evasion and tax fraud. That's fine. Uh, but at the same time, it's like I understand. Like you might wait, wait. That's not even that's not even tipping the cake. He's going to face so much defamation lawsuits coming out of coming out of his presidency. Is not going to be fair. Yeah, bro. The minions already. The minion already said that they're going to they're going to uh but, they're going to file a lawsuit. I understand all like, this other sexual suits. He's gonna get sued a lot by a lot of people, but but what people have to understand about suing someone is like 
that is a tedious process and that's yeah, why exactly exactly but no, now imagine 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 a tedious process times 10 but my 15 is, tedious processes it's a t yes you're right a tedious process however those things that while it's a tedious process it's not just a tedious process for him it's a tedious process for the courts so they unless unless these people are smart and sue him in different states yeah, like, that's exactly what's going to happen. But you can't exactly, but you can't sue him like in New York City. Like I have a civil suit against Donald Trump, and like right now, no, no. What I'm saying is right now, the, he, right now he's going to face a tax evasion, tax fraud um case in New York. As soon as he leaves office, of course, then, then in Atlanta, then in Atlanta he's going to wait, wait. Then in Atlanta he's going to um he's potentially going to have to face a um voter suppression uh voter. Yeah, voter suppression case in Atlanta. That's what the attorney general of Atlanta is even thinking about uh, charging him with that. And if he gets charged with that, that's and way more serious. He's not going to way that, more serious. But I'm not saying that's going to jam him up strictly because he's going to have lawyers to handle that. And if you're going to be like, well, his money going to run up, run off. Not really. When you have a fan base of 75 million people, you're going to find a way to make money off of that. So what I think, what a lot of people think he's going to do is He's gonna make his own news network, or it's gonna be a difficult. That's even gonna be a more difficult process when everybody that owns the. You know what he, you know what he can do, right? People now? that own wait wait the, the people that own the actual servers and own the actual stations are are actually censoring places like ONN and uh, Newsmax. They're actually being censored. I got right now. I don't. My mom got Newsmax. She got Verizon. It's right. Yeah, they're, thinking about, they're thinking about censoring them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're thinking about it, but they don't got to. But here's my thing. You don't even have to. He, he can do one or two things. He can go, all right, I'm making a website that's a paid subscribe website. You got to pay how many dollars a month? And then I'll I'll either have people who I, I'll get a team of people. They'll write whatever I want to write. And it's exclusive Donald Trump content. Exclusive. You know people paying for that. That's number one. That's one off. That's at least shit. That's at least ten million dollars off of off of like that, like that. And I'm that's what I'm saying. It's like, and I'm assuming that's a, that's only the zealots that get that stuff. Shit, you you pay five dollars for that? What? Um, and then what I'm saying is he either and that's the thing. He goes on speaking tours, bro. That's how Obama. That's like people always ask how these dudes make their cash. It's the speaking tours. So you're not telling me there aren't places, there aren't going to be universities, even though it's going to be controversial, he's still going to get his bag. There aren't certain sets, certain people who will be willing to- Right now he's getting frozen. Right now he's being frozen out of the um, private sector with places like Home Depot and That's New York right. City and That's Amazon better. all canceling, right. all canceling their, their business negotiations he, with the trunk organization. Someone's going to pay him at least- a hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars to speak for fifteen minutes. Multiple people. That's a bag right there. I'm like, yeah, like I'm telling you, like it's not just liberals. But, my, but we're arguing two different points. You're talking about him, how he'll be able to get the bag. I'm talking about he's going to be wrapped up in litigation. But you know what I'm saying? Not, that he wants the original, the original, the original, the original point that we were trying to make is that he'll be have he'll be a kingmaker. What I'm trying to say is. I don't think he'll even have the time to be a kingmaker. And I don't, and knowing Trump, 
Trump is so so he's a self centered individual. So I don't even know if he even he wants to uh, even want to make a kingmaker. People, I think. Wait, wait, hold on. The people I think that are quote unquote want to make want to be a kingmaker are Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump. They already had news reports saying that Ivanka told Jared that if anyone were to run, that it'll be best that if she were to uh run for um president. None of, no one in his family gonna run. Huh? No one in his family gonna run. I mean that's no no that was a that was an actual news report that if they would decide yeah, it, to run think, that she would be the um person that would actually run think, for I our president. I don't think that there's going to be any um that there's going to be any of his family members outside of him running because he's not going to fuck with that. He it's about him. It's not about his family. It's not about his like. It's about him. And you, what, what I think I'm maybe I'm saying that's confusing is I'm not saying he's not going to be wrapped up in. I think he is going to be wrapped up in litigation. I'm not. I'm just saying that's not going to take up all of his time, because that's why you have lawyers. What I'm saying is, is that he'll still be able to move move around freely enough where he'll be able to get someone to pay him money to do something. Yeah, and I understand. Like a lot of his stuff is getting closed down. I think New York canceled all their contracts with him. Someone else was trying to cancel something with him. Um, Home Depot's canceled with him. Yeah, like he's the bad. Top, the top Republican, um, I forgot his name, but the top Republican uh family that donates to the Republican Party, they're even looking into uh to if they to look into reprimand the um. The senators and the representatives who actually voted for um voted to um you know block Biden's uh electoral uh certification. Yeah, they voted it's, getting, it's getting real spooky with these um it's gonna get really really spooky with the Republican Party. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna need to to do a lot a lot of the soul searching in the next couple of years. But they're already off to a great start because you know good old uh Josh Hawley already wants to um block the uh, immediate certification of the um, next head of the uh the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> he already wants to block the nomination. I mean, he only wants to uh block the um, you know, smooth process of um expediting the um nomination. But my point is this, bro. It don't really matter what the fuck they say. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. He can try to block it. He's not going to block it. No, he's not trying. I'm sorry, block. I'm I'm using block, but the word the real word is delay. He wants to delay. Yeah, he wants to delay. The That's certain, fine. Uh, the, um, they gonna get through. But the thing is, right when you he can't do nothing. They no, done. no, they no, no. The thing the thing is, right, and this this is a whole another point I'm trying to make. The thing is, when you do stuff like that, right, you delaying appointing a new chair of the uh, Homeland Security, you leave the United States vulnerable for foreign terrorist attack you know what i'm saying like i think at the end game is to this is what i think it is the end game is for something of i mean we already had a serious national security threat with the cyber attack that happened that just vanished (laughs) from out of every news report but yo no one's talking about that shit exactly you got that and it was one of the big national security risks to the United States in like the last 30, 40 years. You know what I'm saying? That was like the biggest attack on the United States. But um, yeah, so now that they have all of that uh, you know, intel, I do believe that there will be some type of um terrorist uh 
attack or or thwarted terrorist attack uh, happening in the next couple months. Just I on mean, the basis. I hope not. Like I just think, you know, like I could really see that very happening. dangerous because like you're trying to. The guy's been like super, obviously not helpful. The fact that like a lot of this like transition stuff is happening and it's like not taking place and all this other stuff. It's just like, I don't know, man. It's definitely gonna be like a. It's definitely like a weird kind of like spot to be in because the all the ducks are in a row, as they say. So everything is lined up for something like that to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they're still doing impeachment stuff. I think the the senators came back today, and they have to. That's the thing too. Like, that's going to be a long process because they have to be sworn in, and I think they I think they were all sworn in. No, nah, there's only two people that got to be sworn in. Only Warnock and Asanoff have to be sworn in. Oh, because they did it. Or, oh yeah, because they're cause yeah, they're because those, those were the uh, two last two runoffs. Um, I think they, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they should already be sworn in by no, now. I know they had to do it today. All right. So, yeah. So then, yeah, that process is not really going to take that long because, again, they uh, Democrats have the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And another report came out. Other day. Today. Another report came out, too, that Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani will not be a part of the actual <laughs> President Trump's um legal team because he was actually because he actually made a speech that day of January 6th promoting and inciting a riot so he has to be a witness in the actual case bro the fact I don't even know man I can't believe that guy was the mayor for us Hmm. I mean you know New York New York New York man great New York people uh, people got fooled and he started, you know, race baiting. Race baiting is fine. The thing is, though, but the funny thing is, but but you know what? The funny thing is, bro, the funny thing is, right? Places like Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, um, yeah, Staten Island, Long Island, like all of these, like heavy, heavy Republican place, heavy Republican voting blocks. Yeah, Staten Island. Yeah, I said Staten Island. Staten Island, like a lot of these, like heavy Republican, uh, um, I want to say Republican, like um, strongholds. They vote overwhelmingly Republican. They also have an overwhelmingly uh, population of of Italians. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. the funny part about it is that Rudy Giuliani was the actual person to actually introduce the RICO charge. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, <laughs> that was the brainchild of Rudy Giuliani and a few other people too. But um, yeah, he usually he basically essentially used the RICO to take down the mafia in New York City. And the same people that uh, same people, family members who was doing twenty five years, a hundred years, fifty years, thirty years in prison, are the same people that's voting for people in that party. You know what I'm saying? Or voted for him. And voted and continue to vote for that um political that certain political party. Yeah, what's I the just thing? Find a little bit, White people you know. vote against their own interests to keep the black man down, some of that, or black people down. That's the damn shame, man. Like I like, did you see um Biden's plan? His no, I didn't see his hundred day plan. No. So his um Biden's plan for the the economic uh for the um the stimulus um package, new stimulus package is fourteen hundred dollar checks. Um, I believe Wasn't it's that like be... bi-weekly? Huh? Or bi-monthly? Or is it one time? No, one time. 
Okay. To bring it up to to bring because we got six hundred, so we want to bring it up uh-huh. to two thousand. Um. Then there's another thing in there where he's bringing the national the the uh, federal minimum wage is going to go up to fifteen dollars, and yeah. like people are like freaking out. Oh, this is socialism. This is one step next to communism. But I'm saying, dog, our taxes go. Our tax. The majority of our taxes goes to defense spending, and the damn capital was taken over by people that work at desk jobs and, you know, like work at desk jobs. Some police, like they wasn't the they wasn't the the brightest of of folk, and they were and the capital was able to get stormed by these um by these people. Why we spend so much money in defense spending? So it's like, what's going on here? Like, come on, man. It's like I I just I just can't take the um. I just can't take all the like the the the, 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 the just the 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 hypocriticalness of these um these uh radical right right wing voters like I just I, I can't just because you're afraid of losing some perceived power dog you don't you don't nothing happens to you if if everyone gets a free education you benefit from that you benefit from people being able to have our taxes being able to cover uh affordable health care universal health care like you benefit from that dog like no one's you don't lose your perceived power because everyone has it's has um nah health care like what the whole thing is like we have this thing in america where like the idea of capitalism is like anyone could essentially climb the ladder and so what a lot of the way that we set that set the game up is like all right, you can't, you shouldn't want this because one day you can be those people being taxed, which isn't true. It's like the majority of people will, will, will be paid between like, you know, like the hundred, hundred thousands in the hundreds of thousands, like the low end hundred thousands, hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, right? Most people aren't getting five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million a year. Like those are the one percenters. Those are the people who are really feeling the 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 tax threat. But the thing about it is like we we perpetuate this idea that you can get to that level. So once you're at that level, you don't want to get those taxes towards you. But that's a lie that that for some reason again Yeah, because in reality you have it's one you have one in a thousand chance of being in the one percent. And the second lie is always perceived that these these minorities are lazy and getting their getting this for free, whereas you poor white man in North Carolina, who works, you know, two jobs maybe to, to support your wife and and children, you don't want your taxes having to go to that black into that black individual mom who has two kids or four kids or three different baby daddies um, who isn't working and just wants to sit around and get a check. That's the perception of it. So you are, you are now, again, voting against your self-interest over stereotypes that you don't even know if they actually exist. That's how the, that's how their game works. Yeah. And this, in the game, I guess the game is always going to be rigged. And on that note, this has been another uh, episode of 
disrespectfully unruly with your boy just call him just and your yeah, man uh, have a great day